In the process of colouring, the preparation merely washed, as it were, underneath, was always effective. Theory of Colours, Johann Wolfgang von Goethe I was washing my feet at the water pump when they arrived. A clop of hooves echoed meekly on the dusty road, and I looked up to see a dappled pony straining against the weight of a heavily loaded cart. The horse nodded its head as though trying to draw strength from its neck muscles where perspiration beaded and coated its skin. My father looked out of place on the wagon. He was a sailmaker and never used a cart or a horse. He didn't like the way they jiggled his bones and preferred the gentle rock of the sea. The wagon was borrowed from father's friend, Svein Carlson, but it was my brother Andreas who was adept with the reins. He was sitting in the middle, bolstered by father and Herr Heerdahl. Easing in the fatigued pony, he brought them to a standstill. Mother had forced Andreas into his Sunday best, and he looked stiff in his black vest and white shirt. Even his cap had been cleaned. Well done, boy, Herr Heerdahl's voice boomed as he patted Andreas on the knee. Thirteen and shy to the point of silence, Andreas barely spoke at all. He hopped down from the wagon with his chin pressed into his neck and tied the horse's reins to our fence. Herr Heerdahl had become rounder in the last year. The buttons on his vest were challenged by his protruding belly, which he clasped as he huffed to the ground. His beard and moustache were longer and tapered to a neat point below his chin. Father was already at the back of the wagon assisting Fru Heerdahl, a prim lady in a flowery bonnet. She was squashed between trunks and large canvases that looked as though they could topple and crush her at any moment. Their two children, Sigri and Hans, jumped from the wagon and flew around the garden like birds freed from a cage. Mother trotted across to greet her guests. Welcome back to Oskarstrand, she said in a sugary voice. I pushed the handle of the water pump with renewed force to drown out her platitudes. Sarah, what a pleasure, Herr Heerdahl was saying. Halvor tells me you've been working hard for us again. You shouldn't go to such trouble. Oh, it's no trouble at all, Mother gushed. I hope you'll find everything to your liking. While she continued to fuss, I noticed Herr Heerdahl's attention begin to slip, and it was only his manners that glued the smile to his face. He glanced over Mother's shoulder and looked at me like a man overboard reaching for a hand. Johanna, he said. She's been out picking fruit, hasn't had time to get cleaned up, Mother babbled. Don't pay any attention to Goodness, you've grown, he said. You still have the cornfield hair and those lovely blue eyes, though. I shook the water from my feet and dipped my head. Hello, Herr Heerdahl, I said. I may have been the opposite of my mother, but I wasn't impolite. You've been collecting fruit so early in the season. What did you find, he said, studying me with his painter's eyes. My cheeks reddened. Strawberries, 
I said, desperately aware of my mother's stare. It's still early, she interrupted, but you can be sure she'll bring you plenty more when they ripen. She was trying hard to find words that would turn him, anything to divert his attention from me. She seemed afraid that by simply looking at me, Herr Heyerdahl would change his mind about the summer rental and immediately order everyone back onto the wagon, but he was unflinching. They don't call you the strawberry girl for nothing. Where did you find them? He said. Oh, down by the forest, I said casually. Really, Johan Eyre, you must get your boots on now, Mother continued. We need to leave the hair dolls to settle in. Halvo, she yelled. What about our trunk? Is it on yet? We're ready, Sora. Father whispered, his voice reduced by the silence that governed him. I climbed into the back of the wagon and sat on a